Harrison, the man, the myth, and the legend. Definitely the uh, definitely the myth. I don't know about any of that other nonsense. You're a big man taking the time to do this for us, and so we were looking over your resume. Ezra's got some questions for you, and this is Jumping the Shark, and we'll ask you some questions about what you think it's going to be like down the road with this economy stuff. The purpose of this is we've had some calls with different people. We've been talking about career and college for how long, son? Couple of years. Couple of years. I thought I was going to join the military like sophomore year, though, so it hasn't been that long. I thought you were you were going to drop out and join the military? No, I was going to graduate and then join the military. Okay, and so then he's gone through the head, and he listens to other people better than me. Would you agree with that, son? I would say I listen to everyone equally. Ah, so we've had several very of, the, of these. Very yes. politically correct. We've had several of these calls, a lot of different kinds of background, but hoping that maybe... He'll walk away, and he's had some good takeaways so far. Interestingly, he's always been fascinated with the name Carlos Slim. Remember when I told you that I knew somebody that knew him? Yeah, my dad. My dad is like a big leaguer, but like once removed from the <laughs> thirty t- from the big leagues. <laughs> thirty times removed. Thirty times removed. But he's always been fascinated with that name. That's just why he is familiar with you, I guess, in the background. So, quick intro, son. I am a senior in high school. I'm wanting to do uh, computer science in college, gotten into a couple of different engineering schools. And we're doing these calls so that I can just kind of know what to expect going into college, what I should be looking to get out of college. And as I'm entering the the job market, what I should be looking for and what I can do to make myself a more competitive applicant and just to succeed in workplace and just talk to all these really successful people and just get as much wisdom as possible from them apply that to my own choices, and if anybody's listening to this, they can apply that to their, their lives as well. Good grades, good enough. Yes, sir. Test scores. Good, good enough to get me in everywhere. Okay, I, everywhere you want to go. Pretty much everywhere you want to go, you're in. So now, in, uh, goals for college? Position myself well for when I graduate and to go get a job and be financially secure. Okay, all right. Real quickly, for the benefit of Matt, how these calls, the past calls we've done, have impacted or had any impact on your thinking or where you're going? Just how every single person has had a different path towards success, and some of them are really linear, high school, college job, and other people's bouncing around like a pinball, but each in their own way, they figured out how to you know, be successful, and just taking that, that wisdom from them has been really useful. Matt, you're an Aggie. Do we need to stop there? Or is that, is that <laughs> no, good enough? No, that, oh, okay. I guess okay. that would be good enough. That's one, <laughs> okay. of the, one of the places. But I was just saying, you're, so education-wise, you had a double E, electrical engineering from A&M? I did, yeah. And Ezra, he'll appreciate this. I couldn't hack it in computer engineering. So I actually had to change my major. And there was no way I was going to give up and remove myself from the challenging College of Engineering. So I just switched over to electrical engineering. That's how I got there. When you went in, remember how some of the places you're looking at, son, they will let you go in to the engineering but not necessarily pick your engineering program. Did you actually pick the computer science and then decide to change? Or did you have to qualify for it after you were already there? No, I actually picked. And so I was in college eh, 25-ish years ago. And so I had a lot of foresight thinking that computers might end up being important one day. And so that's why I chose computer engineering. Why I decided to leave computer engineering was because they were making me program in something called Fortran, 
which I hope you never have to experience, but it is a very antiquated computer programming language. It's not fun to work with. So that, the time in front of the screens, just not really having a heart for programming, I guess, if you will, or what made me change to get a, an electrical engineering degree, which ultimately became, and this is a really important piece of what I've learned along the way, having an engineering degree creates tremendous optionality for you. And it also gives you a lot of credibility versus a standard business or management information or, you know, industrial distribution type degree. So when you get a hard engineering degree, you've got a lot of respect, a lot of opportunity to, to either practice engineering if you're passionate about that or go a different route, which is what I've done. You know, so leverage the technical background to kind of be a basis for entrepreneurial endeavors that usually always have a tech component to them. So going back to like your plan going into college, what was your career plan at 18? So just to work with computers or was there something more specific? That's such a great question. So the fact that we're having this conversation tells me enough about you, like you're going to be super successful. So the first thing I'll, I'll give you is just a piece of advice. When your dad said, hey, what do you what do you want to accomplish? You said, get a great degree and become financially secure. Those two things are going to happen for you, period, just based on the family you've been raised in, the DNA you have, and my quick assessment of, of obviously how capable you are you know, intellect and also in interacting with others. My humble piece of advice for you would be to add, have some fun in college, like enjoy it. It's a great season of life. Don't have enough fun to the point where you sacrifice your, your goals of getting great grades, graduating with honors if you can, taking full advantage of, you know, work opportunities, internships along the way. That's a high, high, high recommendation on my part. You'll get so much more out of school if you actually get some practical application to go along with it while you're in school. Um, but man, have fun, have fun while you're in college. It's, it's where I met. Thankfully my wife, where I married, I somehow convinced her to marry me. I don't, it's probably the greatest thing I've ever done. That was my greatest accomplishment in college was finding a, a life mate who I, I loved to the end of the world. So enjoy that time and take full advantage of it. The importance of a technical degree and, and the optionality it provides you, I, I really think is second to none. It's great. And it's not just engineering. I mean, you get a get a degree in accounting. It's, it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of what you ultimately do in finances. Specifically, what was your career plan going into college? Like, why you, why'd you pick A&M? Why'd you pick computer engineering? Like, what was, what was the thought process? Like, take us back to 18-year-old you graduating high school. Yeah, that was a really political way of telling me I didn't answer the question. Politically correct. Thank you. So to answer your question, I had very little thought that went into, at the age of 18, what I ultimately wanted to do. So I had an uncle, and that uncle was very successful in life. He double majored at A&M in computer science and electrical engineering. And guess what I decided to do? I, I decided to go to A&M and get a computer engineering degree, which became, you know, the combination of those two degrees when he was in school. That was literally the level of sophistication in my thought process. It was looking at somebody that I viewed as a very successful person in the workplace, trying to understand, you know, what did he do to get him to that level and then recreate it. And so that I only applied to A&M once I was admitted. I took the same degree plan and, and track and that I thought, you know, my uncle best leveraged. And then I decided, you know what, this is hard. 
and I'm going to see it through. You know, that, that probably is in terms of life lessons. We haven't talked about those yet, but the ability to start something and finish it, and just do the real work, that that is really what a degree is about. It's, in my opinion, it's a lot less about the name on the degree than it is finishing the degree. If you end up with a engineering-based degree like we've talked about, I think it does give you a lot more optionality in the workplace. You can always do business-related things. It doesn't take a degree to do that. It just takes good business sense. So uh, you mentioned that your uncle was your standard of success. What do you mean by, what was your idea of success back then? Was it just that he was wealthy or was there something else that was your standard of success? You know, back then, when I was 18, my standard of success was probably measured around wealth, probably measured around job security. He was always employed. He was always employed at large companies and always seemed to be doing really well, lived in a nice house, you know, drove nice cars, that type of thing. My definition of success today is dramatically different than it was when I was 18, but that was, that was probably how I was looking at things back then. So what has changed in your view of success now versus then? Well, I mean, look, comfort is defined by having means. If you have finances, life will be a little bit potentially more comfortable. Success now, you know, 25 years beyond being 18, is really more about relationships. It's really more about my marriage, my kids, having the flexibility and the finances to spend time with them, to do things with them relationally that matter. If you work hard and are persistent in your endeavors, you're going to have financial opportunities. That's not going to be an issue. That's going to come. Patience is probably going to have to be the most important thing that you have to, to layer into the mix. But I don't define success. When I was 18, it was all about hey, I want a job that pays me well. I want to have a house and I want to have nice cars. And today it's a lot more about people and time with people and relationships with people that I care about and that matter. Those are the things in life that last. Money comes and goes. You know, right now in the, in the U.S. and in the opportunity set we're all living in and talking about, finances are, are just likely not going to be an issue. They're not going to be a limiting factor. That doesn't mean you have to don't, you don't have to work for it. You know, I would say to you today, I care a lot more about the relationships and where I spend my time than I do about going off and getting money. It takes that initial drive to work, to do the school, to make the grades, to take that first job, to do all the different things you got to do. And then as you start seeing that success at that very initial what what you thought it was when you were younger then all the other stuff starts falling into place i would say that you always have to have a shovel you know you've got to have a shovel to bring in the income if i could turn the clock back i wasted so much money on cars and stupid things that i just didn't need but i had the money to buy had i invested that money and had i been a little bit more wise with that money I can't even begin to tell you. I, I won't even make myself or allow myself to go through the exercise of telling myself how much money that would be worth today. So, yes, it's about the shovel. When I say the shovel, that's the way I think about how much money you earn. But it's actually a lot more about discipline and how you spend the money. If you're disciplined and kind of keep yourself pretty contained, live a very reasonable lifestyle in your first, let's say, 15 years, 20 years after you get out of college, 
the odds are very likely you'll be a multimillionaire and you'll just, you know, you'll be able to coast. You'll be able to start opening up the floodgates, if you will, of spending, if you so choose. It's really hard to go the other way, though. It's hard to kind of start spending and keep up with that spending because usually when you start spending, you don't typically slow down. So then your shovel has to get much larger, which puts this compounding pressure on your life. That's not fun. That, that part's not fun. And oh, by the way, that doesn't just stop with you. That begins to kind of influence the person you marry, what they're interested in, the way your kids are growing up, their expectations on cars, their expectations on vacations. And it's just this perpetual cycle that can get kind of crazy. So if you can keep things in check, particularly the first 10 to 15 years, and invest the money that you make, man, you change the trajectory of everything going forward, you know, after you're 35 or 40. And, and that's it. I mean, it's the winning is done at that point. You, of course, need to still earn money, but it is what it is. You know, the minute you start earning money, which I know you've already started earning money because I, I know how, you know, what you've been doing and some of the things your dad shared with me in the past, the more you can be wise and invest your money now, the more optionality you're going to have going forward. And the best person to look at in terms of how they've done that is Warren Buffett. He started investing when he was 10. That's why he is so successful today. Jeff Bezos has made a lot more money than Warren Buffett has in a much shorter period of time. Warren Buffett has been consistent in investing and making money. So what was your first job like out of college? Or I guess, what was your first job out of college and what was it like? My first job out of college was in technical sales. This is what kind of gave me the ability to use my engineering degree, but not kind of be stuck behind a computer all day long, which for me just wasn't what I was interested in. So I had to, um, I went to work for Texas Instruments, and, which they do make calculators, but they're actually a semiconductor company. And my job was to sell chips, uh, semiconductor chips to all kinds of companies. And the first place I got to go do that was San Diego, California. I called on this company called Qualcomm, which at the time was privately held. So it wasn't even a public company yet. And my job was to sell them chips. And so I was leveraging my technical degree because I had to speak to the science of engineering and semiconductors. But I was also getting the opportunity to build my relationship skills, hone in on my sales capabilities, and I got to live in San Diego, California. That was kind of the, the best of all worlds for, for me. Did you do an MBA or was your education just kind of on the fly acquired through work? I've got an OTJ MBA, which is an on-the-job MBA. I had a lot of TI, Texas Instruments, afforded me a lot of kind of training and training for, from some amazing universities that they partnered with, kind of the executive MBA tracks and things like that. So those, those classes were always available. And I took a lot of those classes when I was at TI. But I never, I never really thought it was necessary, nor did I ever want to stop and, and take the time to do the MBA for the paper. I just didn't feel like it was needed. I, I didn't feel like I was at a point in my career where that piece of paper would create an opportunity that I yet hadn't had in the workplace. That was my experience. Lots of people have different experiences. Though. The relationships 
that he can make in college can yield significant benefit down the road. Just the friends and the contacts that are made from being involved and having fun and doing extracurricular and doing all the different things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think college is a great place. Number one, what one of the cool things about college is that you get to just kind of start over. Right. I mean, you're a brand new identity the minute you set foot on that college campus. You actually step foot on college campus with a clean slate. And that's pretty freeing. It's pretty opportunistic. And it gives you a great opportunity to build new friendships, try new things out. I played rugby on the A&M rugby team. My freshman Come on. Year, which is just, the, I did. I did. Yeah. Can you believe that? Wow. So, I mean, just you get to try new things. And I think it's like I've said to you already, I think it's an amazing, you know, just season of life. That's a lot of fun and something that you should take full advantage of. I've made friends in college that I am super tight with today. Some of which I still work with. Uh, I happen to be part of a Christian fraternity at A&M that really helped me set the trajectory of my spiritual life. You know, I was, I was a Christian when I got to A&M, but I wasn't really practicing. I didn't really understand what that means. And so I, I had the iron sharpens iron experience with some guys there that really kind of showed me what it looked like to walk with the Lord and hold me accountable in that. And, and I've already talked about meeting, you know, my wife there, which was, which was incredible. So if I were in your case, I would get the most value out of that college experience, people, education, network, prestige, and reputation as you possibly can on your Hey, when you graduated, was it easy to find a job? Did you just go straight into, slide straight into TI? What was that like for you? Yeah, when I graduated, the job market was pretty solid, but you can't count on that. You know, I've had family members that graduated from A&M's petroleum engineering degree, i.e. number one in the country. 2017, 2018, oil and gas was struggling. They got creative. They found jobs. And since they've, they've been able to, you know, get into places and, and show people their work ethic and, and do a, you know, do a good job and they've got great opportunities. But I personally, when I graduated, the job market was such that for an engineering degree, you know, there was, there was lots of optionality and you are 100% picking the best, in my opinion, technical degree to get right now. Computer science is, it is the way to go. I think cybersecurity within computer science is going to be a massive field going forward as well. Data rights, data ethics, these are all massive new opportunities. I'm sure you've watched the, the social dilemma. So yeah, th- this is going to become very real when you get out of school in four or five years from now. It's already becoming real. It's going to be real for people and it's going to be real for machines and, and just data networks in general. Anybody that understands software, how to code, cybersecurity attached to software, blockchain, identity matching attached to to cybersecurity, any of those areas, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, you're you're punching your ticket. You're going to have plenty of options in my, you know, my guess is you're going to have plenty of options at plenty of companies uh, and you'll get to kind of pick what you get to go do. It's an interesting field to go into right now because everybody's starting to kind of see how valuable of a degree it is, which has made it really competitive in colleges and can there's a risk factor of not making it into that major once you get there. So that's definitely been something I've had to think about is if it's like worth the risk of having to transfer from my college or whatever if I don't get my 
get my major. It's a it's a good thought, but I mean, you've got a track record. You already did the work to get the grades, to get the scores, to get the optionality at college. Probabilistically, you're gonna have you're gonna be the guy that gets the opportunity to continue on at whatever degree plan you want. And so it, there is no magic here. It's just hard work. That's it. So grade wise, so when you're interviewing and hiring and things, we had talked with Andy weeks back and he had made a comment that had sparked some subsequent conversations with the boy and myself relating to grades and how important it is to come out with a 4.0 or whatever it is and skipping opportunities to take classes that might just actually help them in their career, but that may be difficult, uh, that may hurt their GPA a little bit, but yet may give them better skills or knowledge in the long run. Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm not a GPA guy first. I will say that if I see if I see a GPA of 3.5 or higher, it's an automatic check mark, and it's a, it's kind of a double bonus because that's your honors threshold. So if you're cum laude, magna cum laude, or summa cum laude, that's great. If you're summa cum laude in a great school, that's like a double bonus. So I do I do pay attention to that. Outside of a three five and giving someone credit for a hard degree and they got great grades because I know how hard that is to do. Outside of that, I don't look for look at GPAs that much. Now, if you're below a 3.0 GPA, we're probably not even talking to you at my company. The, the odds are good that we're not. And if if you are, then we, we're going to have, you know, I would expect somebody on our team to kind of ask all the right questions, which is, hey, what happened here? Tell me the story. What did you learn from this? What what went off the rails, right? Would I mean, be the, the only reason is, you would interview somebody like that is there's a relationship somehow with somebody? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, three, five or higher is the target zone. And then on GPA, this is back to the, you know, what you do early matters. Your freshman year will set the tone for everything. So you just kind of want to crush your freshman year, do a little extra work the freshman year, get the three, five plus, maybe even higher. And then at that point, you've developed the disciplines, you know, you got a full year behind you with a great track record. The odds are much higher that you're going to finish the race where you want to finish the race. If you get behind the curve and you're constantly battling to catch up, it's like running in front of that big ball with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Man, you just don't want to be in that situation. College is fun. Like, keep it fun. Do the work. Get the grades your freshman year. And then, you know, kind of give yourself a good foundation to not coast on, but build on going forward. If you if you lay up a three five I'm a two five or something like that your freshman year it's really hard to correct from that so it's not the end of the world sometimes things happen but hopefully you know you put yourself in a different position out of the gate the interesting thing about a uh, and m this year like this is the first year they're doing it is to be guaranteed your major it used to be a three five is what you'd need to be guaranteed your major going into your sophomore year but they bumped it up to a, a three point seven five for the first time so that's kind of a new development. That would incentivize that, people that to uh, work harder. That is a new, that that is good. Well, look, I mean, you you strike me as somebody that kind of thrives in competitive landscapes. Nothing that's worthwhile in life is easy. I think that competitive landscape is that's probably worth something, right? You kind of just have to use your logic on that and go, man. A lot of people want to be here. You know, there's a lot of competitive interest in this. Why is that the case? And then it, it gives you the opportunity to kind of rise above the rest of the field out there and keep your major and do really well. What about, I'm an Aggie, so, you what, know, I love A&M. But, you know, I think you'll, you'll be in great shape no matter where you end up. 
talk about pivot. So you had to switch from uh, what was it, computer science to a double E, and then you went to work for TI in sales. Then you actually kind of you transitioned or pivoted into doing what? Give him some perspective on that. Sometimes these younger people they're very rigid and they're very concerned that if things pivoting or deviating is considered failure sometimes or not optimal, but yet most people end up pivoting throughout life into other things. It took me a while to understand that I had some pretty deep entrepreneurial wiring. And I, and I think it's it was DNA-based. I mean, it's just kind of how I am, how I'm motivated. I like kind of the, the strengths assessments that you can do or the Enneagram that you can do or the DISC profile or the Myers-Briggs, you can do all those things and you will do those things when you get in the workplace and you'll try, you'll continue to learn more about yourself. I learned through going through A&M that I didn't want to be an engineer sitting behind a desk. I also learned that there was a lot of value in having a hard engineering degree like we've talked about. I got into sales at Texas Instruments and I actually really enjoyed the people component of that, the pace in which things can move, you know, the, the basic skill set of salesmanship is something that you can use throughout everything in life, your job, things outside of your workplace, having a great ability to sell is, is always important. You know, I got to go, like we talked about out to San Diego, California. And when I was out there, it was the mid nineties and San Diego, California was the hot spot for wireless entrepreneurial activities. Companies were popping up everywhere like Nokia and Qualcomm and Ericsson. And these are probably companies you've never even heard of. It was before Apple and and Google owned the, the marketplace. But the point is there was a lot of activity, a lot of entrepreneurial activity. And I actually had the opportunity to, to get involved in some of that. And that very quickly signaled to me, hey, yeah, I like I like solving problems. I like finding great people to help me solve those problems. And I like starting businesses. And so I was actually able to start three businesses inside of TI, which was very interesting. It's very different doing it inside of a big company than it is doing it on your own. There's pros and cons to each. I got the chance to do that. And that kind of just further solidified, okay, this is probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a guy that starts things, kind of like your dad. Just I've, I've had my hand in lots of, of different activities, many different markets. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy the thrill of it. It's really hard. It's a challenge. It draws on lots of different skill sets. You kind of have to be decent and understanding and interacting with people and finances and technology and you got to know how to recruit people and you got to know how to sell people and so I've really enjoyed doing that I'm not sure I've done it extremely well you know every single time but it's it's what I've been drawn to is just kind of the entrepreneurial aspects of building businesses solving problems hiring people you know to come along with me bringing investors along with us etc and so that that's just kind of the way it morphed. I, coming out of Coronado High School when I was 18 in, in El Paso, if you would ask me, would I ever think I'm going to be doing what I'm doing or building companies? Can I you tell him real quickly what you do? I mean, what you're currently doing? <laughs> the company that we're working on now is eight years old. And what it does is our focus is monitoring things and connecting people to the data behind those things that matter and turning it into insights. So the things we matter, I just came from 
a water utility company here in the San Antonio area that they lost their water in the big Texas freeze. And they lost their water because their pumps failed and they didn't have real-time monitoring on their tanks. And so all their citizens lost water for that period of time and they wanted to fix that. So I was I was literally walking around their sites going, yeah, okay, we can add tank monitoring to this massive tank and we can monitor these pumps over here and we'll tell you, we'll monitor their current levels and through their current levels, we can tell you the health of the pump. And so now you can kind of see how my engineering degree is playing a little bit into my business degree. And we were talking and he said, yeah, you know, we've got water utilities and we got, we have gas utilities. And I said, well, look, we've got your water stuff covered. You know, what do you need in the gas? We got a, we had a good conversation about gas, but now I'm selling. Our company is becoming you know, a leader across the country in monitoring things that matter, water tanks, pumps, compressors, power gen sets, pressures, temperatures, levels, flows. So just like people became connected in the last decade and everybody has one, if not more smartphones now, things are going to become connected going forward. Cars are already connected. We're monitoring and connecting and controlling the things that are part of critical infrastructure in oil and gas, or water utilities, and lift stations. And we're monitoring oxygen tanks inside of hospitals so that COVID patients don't run out of oxygen. That was not something that, that hospitals were prepared for before the, the pandemic. So that's what our company does. We, we, are the, we are the guys that put eyes and ears on the critical machines and sensors that really matter for our customers' businesses. So does that uh, make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It does. I'm actually going to pivot uh, the conversation <laughs> a, little, a little bit, though. What advice can you offer to a high school senior or a college senior uh, to prepare for their future, or a college student, not a college senior, like a, like a lower classman in college or a high school senior to prepare for their future? Faith is the most important thing in my life, and you can't push faith on anybody. But I would just say, having reflected back on my life, that's the one thing that's been the unquestionable foundation that never gets rocked for me. Life is bumpy. <laughs> We've all experienced that in the last year. But thankfully, I've got a faith that you know can withstand any of the chop that's out there. So that'd be my first piece of advice is just, uh, you know, explore faith, you know, have an opinion on how we got here, what matters, you know, what happens after we're not here anymore, that kind of stuff. The second, the second piece of advice I would give you is very simple. There's no replacement for just hard work. Being diligent and working hard, there's just no replacement for it. I would pick somebody that was a hard worker all day long um, over somebody that was, you know, a genius from an IQ perspective on paper. So, I, you know, hard work goes, goes a million miles in, in my book. You know, I look for people who are hungry, people who are, they've got that internal engine. They're just, they desire more. You strike me as a person like that, just in our conversation, you're just kind of, you're pulling information out, you're doing podcasts, you're kind of above and beyond the normal. You can't teach hunger. I can't embed that fire in your belly. It's there, it's not. You've got that. And I think that's, that's really good. Be humble. People that are arrogant and talk about themselves, nobody likes those people. People that lead and give credit to others, those are things that stand out. So I love people that are, that are humble and then people that are smart. And I'm not talking about IQ. You kind of have to be smart as a default to compete at the level and in the markets and then the degree plans that you're talking about. 
when I talk about smart, I'm talking about EQ, uh, emotional quotient, like your ability to interact with other people, form relationships, you know, be successful in those relationships, kind of have a, a common set of core values, a common set of things you want to get accomplished with folks, teamwork. I look for people that are humble, hungry, and smart when we when we interview interview people here for, you know, hire them at our company. You know, on the EQ stuff, they just that's still not worked its way into college curriculum. How how do you suggest that they acquire those specific skills, the communication side, the the relationship side, the empathy, all these other things. Do you have any thoughts? Two practical ways to pick that up. One, work, do some work and, and be part of a team uh, in a workplace. You'll, you'll be able to get access to, to people that way. Two, I would say, you know, sports is another way you can pick that up. So intramurals, I don't know if you enjoy sports at all or, or other kinds of organizations and clubs that are, you know, you can be part of. That's another great way to, to pick it up. I'm not as high on fraternities and sororities because they're they're selecting people that all are very similar and they they do the selecting, you don't a lot of times. And so you don't get a tremendous amount of diversity in those experiences. Uh, and so I think diversity, there's tremendous strength in diversity. And obviously our country is really going through this right in a big way right now. So to the extent that you can place yourself in you know, highly diverse environments, that's going to be a tremendous strength for you just in terms of how to relate and interact with others going forward. Okay. Last question. Uh, the name of this thing, and he's, he's giving me grief every time I bring it up and, and it's called jumping the shark. He didn't see happy days. He's you're even probably too young for happy days, but are you familiar? I don't know what that, I don't even know what that means. I was looking at it like someone's got to explain this to me. So do you ever did, so you never watch happy days cause you're too young, but there, was, I know who the, fo- I know who the Fonz is. So like, you I did, do know that the Fonz jumped the a shark on water skis in his leather jacket and they're in this whole ah, and they're okay, caught so okay. it's kind of if it's jumping the shark that there's also a nuking the fridge when indiana jones jumped in a fridge and he survived a nuclear blast somehow it's like it something gets so crazy then it just starts going downhill from there and they'll say like well things have jumped the shark so far everybody we've talked to if i'm not mistaken son everybody is very bullish they feel like things are not on the downward slope uh, although temporarily we're going through this craziness. What is your take overall on the next five and 10 years, just economy-wise, opportunity-wise, for the prospects of, of an 18-year-old? I think it is an incredible opportunity for an 18-year-old. Now, this may be very old-school advice, and I may not realize what I'm about to give you is old-school, but this is the way it feels to me right now. If you can be an 18-year-old that is tech-savvy, that's that's intellectually smart, but that has somehow been able to maintain people skills, interactive, you know, the ability to interact with other humans, empathy, like your dad mentioned earlier, do that in diverse settings, not be on your device all the time or at the wrong times or type of thing. I, man, I'm sounding like a dad here, but I don't mean to be. That combination is going to set you, it's going to put you above everybody else in a in such a substantial way we talk about your generation and man it's not it's not highly positive it's hard for us to figure out how to motivate your generation in a lot of in a lot of situations in the workplace hard work 
caring deeply about what you're up to, the old hard work ethic, those go so far. Looking at people, looking people in the eyes, a handshake that's firm, that matters. Those all sound like they're very cool things. I I didn't think those were ever coming back. (laughs) I just do really firm fist bumps. He does firm fist Fist bumps. bumps. Maybe, yeah, I've had to learn to dab. You know, my daughter's teaching me how to dab. So whatever it is, right? I mean, look, we're people at the end of the day. So that's that's not going away. If you can have both kind of the soft skills, you know, along with some of the harder engineering technical skills you're talking about, it's a pretty powerful combination. Macro environment wise and global economic environments, I, I'm not an expert on that. I can tell you what I'm hearing people say. I mean, it's not positive. I think we appear to be moving out of this multi-decade era of free enterprise and into a lot more government control. And I'm just not a person that has a whole lot of faith in the government's efficient ability to do anything. And so, uh, again, I think macroeconomic wise, we may be in for some chop. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing I can do about it. So wherever we end up working, wherever we end up contributing, that's where we can make our difference. And there's always going to be an opportunity to make money, at least for the foreseeable future, from my perspective here in the great United States of America. If you get in there, work hard, hustle, compete. I'm, I'm actually pretty bearish on the next few decades. I, I think we're going to have to unwind a lot of very short-sighted decisions that have been made and some of the government overreach that is already in place and will continue to be in place. And I just, I believe in free capital markets and and competition. As you've heard, this conversation hasn't been political, but I say, let people get out on the field and compete. And that's how you're going to get your best outcomes. Unfortunately, we're moving into a little bit more of a government, you know, mandate and control. And we've all felt what that feels like for the last year with the pandemic. And man, I just don't, I don't like that. I, I don't, that's not the kind of, environment i like to live in or build business in or but in spite of wherever things are there's always opportunity for industrious hard-working people no matter always that's that's the answer that is the answer i said that but you thank you for double underlying that that is the answer so i don't mean to don't mean to to be a debbie downer here by any stretch in fact i think the opportunity is even that much greater for people who can create value in free enterprise which Again, I'm I'm impressed. I've never met you, but I've heard a lot about you. Just talking to you on this podcast gives me a lot of comfort that you're going to do well. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Anything else, boy? As long as you're, as long as you're an Aggie. I mean, this was this was quite the sell. This whole uh, this whole podcast. I've been I've been privy towards AM for a long time. That three point seven five mark of the GPA to get into computer science has kind of been stressing me out a little bit. Last year, only two kids who didn't meet that ETAM mark got into computer science. For me, it's not that I'm scared that I won't be able to work hard enough to achieve that. It's just that like two bad professors can get you a 3.7. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times grades can be like this. That's just, anyways, that's no, off topic. So, so let it's not off topic because that's how we started off with Matt. Matt started off here, had to pivot. What I'm trying to get him to understand is at the end of the day, if he goes into this and for some crazy reason, two bad professors pop him and he doesn't get in, it's not the end of the world. There is a, a pivot. Things work out. There are options. There's always options to do. Always, always options. So I mean, you can build your own degree at AM. You can get a double E degree 
and build enough computer science classes and just code on your own. Whatever your specific discipline or track is, you can do it better than what A&M standard curriculum can offer you. You can do that. So if for some crazy reason you ended up in a bad situation where you didn't get your elected degree path, like your dad's saying, you can just go build it. You just build those classes in. That's not a hard thing to do. Or do them on your own time. The boy is smirking, He's, but Matt is being serious. Anybody that is bright, working toward their goals, there's always going to be adversity. There's always going like to be... To, I'd like to interrupt and say and correct that I wasn't smirking. It was more of like a grimace at the fact of like having to go into like ocean engineering and then teach myself how to code on the side. <laughs> well... Um, meteorology is very strong at AM, so I kind of feel like I miss my calling. You know, Jim Cantori lives you're, a pretty you're good calling life to the stars. The well, no, I, I would like to be riding out the the hurricanes on the beach with Cantori. You know, with the you know he wears that Jim Cantori wears that helmet out there and kind of leans in with the microphone. And I feel like I missed the, I missed my calling in the meteorology degree. But um, when I was a sophomore, uh, uh, before before the military, it was storm chasing for a little bit. Uh, there you go. But they don't, you know, yeah. they don't, I looked up their salary and it wasn't, it wasn't quite what computer scientists make. So I had to make a pivot. Yeah, no, I think, uh, look, I mean, computer science is, computer science is a great place, a great, a great degree to pursue. And um, you got all kinds of options. I'm not worried that you're not going to maintain the minimum threshold. And if for whatever reason that happened, that's when the faith component kicks back in. God's got a reason for everything. Many are the ways of a man's heart, but the Lord will establish his steps. Mm. So, you know, you got to trust in something beyond yourself at the end of the day. At least I do, because if I'm just relying on myself, it's going to be a, a, a bag full of disappointment at the end of the day. But look, I, You've got some great options in front of you. I think, I think you double click and anywhere you go and whatever you pursue, it, it's all just about giving it your best, and the results typically will follow. That's that's just kind of how life works. All right, sir. I'm very thankful for your time on this call and all your advice. And I know that when I listen to this again, I'll definitely benefit from it. And if anybody else listens to it, they will benefit from your time and wisdom as well. Well, I appreciate you giving me the chance to share. You've asked some great questions. And you guys send me a link. I'm going to make my daughter listen to this one. We will do it. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> and you. All, and all the other ones that you've done as well. So talk to you guys later. All Have right, a good sir. weekend. Have a good day. Thank right. you.